people tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Santa's coming to town. Oh my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Happy Monday and welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive during these hot, hot months. I'm Tom. <laughs> I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. And it's August, guys. Ooh, it is August. Getting closer. Julia, how was the big 4-0? Bro hasn't come yet, but the big three seven was great. And heaven's better than twenty one, so I'm cool with that. Thirty seven is definitely better than twenty one, hundred percent. Right? I have so much more crap together at thirty seven than I I'd have. Like I mid thirties a lot. I am so happy to be back with you all this week, and I am really, really looking forward to recording. And talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> he knows he's doing it. He had that twinkle in his eye. But seriously, tonight we are covering last year's Netflix hit sensation, A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding, the sequel to a Christmas Prince. And um, and timed perfectly for the royal wedding of Harry and Meghan Markle, which apparently was not a coincidence. Oh, clever marketing. Mm-hmm. Just so everybody knows, if you watch this and you want more, A Christmas Prince, The Royal Baby is in post-production right now for this year's Christmas season. And I mean, how those- many times tiny little kingdom come under duress that has to be solved by her and her snazzy group of journalists. <laughs> and for those of you who haven't seen the announcement for the third film, they tweeted out a sonogram of a baby in the womb with a crown on his head with the caption, baby makes three this holiday season. It was very Sonograms they do sonograms for other medical procedures too sometimes, Tom. So that's role didn't work. <laughs> I have yet to see anybody tweet out one of those though, Anthony. <laughs> All right, so look oh out off to a good start here. <laughs> All right, so plot synopsis of this movie. A year after the end of A Christmas Prince, Amber and Richard are still happily engaged. At Christmas time, Amber and her father Rudy travel to Aldovia to plan Amber's wedding. Amber is about to become Richard's wife as Richard has ascended to the throne, but is she really made to be a queen? 
I don't feel like that addresses the issue of this at all. It's like not even at all the synopsis of this movie. I just ripped three movies together right there. Well, it, it kind of is I mean, the whole thing, like the the whole like you didn't get into the uh, <laughs> the uh, workers' strike and the unions mobilizing and uh, somebody robbing billions from this small kingdom. Yeah, I don't think at the heart of the matter is her stressing it whether or not she can be made into a queen. I think it's her being like, hey, am I the only person here that sees, you know, that- What's really happening? Right, and it's her Mr. Noball husband, soon-to-be husband, <laughs> who won't even stand up to the people that are just being terrible to her. Now, for those of you who don't remember- you know, It's protocol. This guy is, this guy is not- a cutie mccute face am i right julia uh, there is no cutie mccute face to this one at all this I guy remember. is not attractive to me at all uh, so at the royal wedding i do have to say this there is some sort of weird amalgamation of clergymen there who is <laughs> almost wearing orthodox vestments yeah i did like the clergyman do you notice he had like a significant ponytail he did which i mean a lot of orthodox people do yeah um, but it was just very weird. He had the felonion on. He had, uh, uh, but he didn't have any of his, um, he didn't have like his cuff. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> it got weird. The whole thing got weird. I don't know what they were trying to go for. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I just, I don't know. It was weird. I will say, I didn't remember the first one at all going and starting this film out. So, not that there was even much to remember besides the fact that they got engaged and he was a king. Yeah, it took me a little bit to familiarize myself as well with it. But I will say I enjoyed this one a lot more than the first one. Um, I will also say I'm with you. Um, even though the first one was like I enjoyed it while I was watching it, it was not memorable at all. I, like I, I, <laughs> I, I do have to ask a question though. Like, yes, Hallmark has about seven of these royal Christmas movies, and Netflix has their franchise. What is it that's become synonymous with uh, Christmas and stuck up fake British kingdoms? <laughs> they're, not, they're not British, they're Aldovian. Genovian. That's all I keep hearing. Genovian. Yes, that's it. See, I don't get it confused. I don't crossways it with any other Christmas royal movie. I crossways it with the Princess Diaries. Oh, I cross, I crossways it with a lot of Christmas movies, especially because one of the character actors in this film is in my favorite Hallmark Christmas movie called A Royal Christmas. <laughs> um, Simon Dutton, who played... Uh, I don't know his name. Lord Leopold, the villain in this film, yeah. played Victor in a Lacey Chabert Hallmark vehicle called A Royal Christmas, in which he was the Queen's right-hand man in that movie. And let I me tell you something. That movie's a lot better than this one, and that's actually my favorite Hallmark Christmas movie, although maybe because I caught it like 15 times in various stages this past July. But I really like that one. <laughs> <laughs> That one no, is better. Post it in Slack. I think I found the priest this guy is based on. The single human man priest that this is based on. <laughs> Go look, seriously. No, he does. Yeah, he's 
Except the ponytail. I don't see a ponytail. I think so his hair slipped it... back. I think okay. it slipped back into a man, but he's Russian, so he's, it's got to be slipped back. Wait, Julia, did you say you preferred a royal Christmas to this one, too? Yes, I did. Absolutely. I did as well. I'm so glad. Well. I'm so yeah. glad. I don't get the chemistry between these two. And is I think it it's because there is none? It's right. Not yeah. them. It's they're, they're doing their own thing. I, they're, they're each doing their own thing. Even in this movie, like, they're, they're supposed to be engaged. They're getting married. There's nothing happening between them. You know, I just, I, I hate okay, to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going out of order. Let's get our <laughs> histories with this. Anthony, kick us off. Sure. My history was this. <laughs> My history with this was last year when we were covering A Christmas Prince, Tom graced us with the news that A Christmas Prince 2, a royal wedding, was coming this holiday season. And I sighed and rolled my eyes thinking to myself, oh man, we're going to have to cover a sequel to this garbage movie. I did not watch this film until today, the Monday, July 29th that we were recording. And I have to say, I don't know if it's because we just came off a month of good movies plus Christmas in July. So I was inundated with all the Hallmark stuff. But I enjoyed it a lot more than the first one, like I just said. Like, I actually, not that I got, not that I liked it, but it gave me Christmas feels in terms of atmosphere. Julia, and how I about you? Enjoyable than number one in general, but yeah. I enjoyed number one better. Uh, I think the love, I, kind of a love story what is it covers all wounds or I don't know what I'm trying to say. I enjoyed the first one better. I liked the love story. Um, I liked the atmosphere in both, although I will say the Christmas in this one is more enjoyable to me than in the first one. Um, I only saw this today and I, I did a lot of eye rolling a lot of, Oh my gosh, did they just do that? And while there are some definite sweet moments, they did not outweigh the eye rolling moments and it so, was different than the Hallmark eye roll. And I've been flooding the market with Hallmark movies this last month because they've been showing all the Christmas movies and they've been great. And yep. I don't know, this one just doesn't reach that caliber for me. The, the Hallmark Christmas movie caliber, which in all admittance doesn't it's usually come above four points, right? Like they're very rarely above four points out of 10 on our scale. But even like that level, this one is below it. Um, I will say, oh, what did you just say? You said something I wanted to say real quick. I don't know. Never mind. I saw this movie last year when it came out. And um, I realized when prepping for this week, that both this movie and the first one are extremely forgettable. <laughs> um, I, yeah, that's all I have. It's, it's, I don't really have much of a history with it. I, I watched it. I don't remember much. Um, and it didn't stick with me. I'll say Jerry DeVilla commented on Reddit a thing, something that sums up my feelings on this movie. Cliche, but delightful. I wouldn't call the movie itself delightful, but the atmosphere I found delightful. So I'll, I'll give Jerry that comment. But Julia, your comment on Slack made me laugh earlier for our listeners. She, uh, 
in our Slack channel, she wrote, Buzz, this movie, woof. <laughs> and it made me laugh. So thank you for that, Julia. So, okay, so now we've gone through that. I'm going to go through real quick the cast. The, it's directed by John Schultz, who is also directing The Royal Baby. He directed the TV version of the movie Adventures in Babysitting. He did Aliens in the oh. Attic. The 2005 Honeymovers, Honey, Honeymooners. Um, so yeah. quite the resume. Right. Then uh, the movie is written by uh, Nate Atkins and Karen Shaler. Both of whom wrote The Christmas Prince and not much else except for a few episodes of like, they were part of the editorial department of a few movies. Um, they, uh, I will say this though, that uh, Nate Atkins recently announced that is recently, is, I can't talk tonight y'all. <laughs> Nate Atkins is part of the recently announced Pumpkinhead movie. Crew. Is that a right. horror, a pumpkin movie again? Yes, and he's one There's of the writers. Horror, right? Yes. Okay. Oh boy. Right. <laughs> I can't believe they're bringing that back. I can't either. He's also a writer on the Royal Baby as well. Um, speaking of bringing stuff back, real quick, because we never mentioned on this show, but somebody posted on Reddit a while ago, they're remaking Black Christmas again, and it comes out this Christmas season. The third time? Second time remade, yes. Well, the third time they're making the movie. Yep. That's... They released a poster for it of a candy cane that had been carved into a shiv. Candy cane? Anybody want to name that movie? Huh. All I know is you just sounded like the old creepy man on Family Guy. Joyride? Do y'all remember that movie? Huh, I never saw it. Paul Walker was in it. I was about to say Paul Walker. How hilarious. I guess I saw That's the video or the the How literal video of it <laughs> on the shelf at Blockbuster. That's when I picked it up and saw it and um, <laughs> they were they were harassing a uh, truck driver and pretending to be a woman and he didn't take too kindly to it and started following them and they used the call handle candy cane. So you would just hear candy cane. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, the star of this show is uh, Rose McIver and she was in uh, the piano. She was in the lovely bones, uh, lots of stuff over the years, but uh, she was Tinkerbell in once upon a time, her probably most famous role and what you'll know her from, if not this, uh, is definitely going to be iZombie. I would argue this probably is her most famous role just by how much of a sensation these yeah. movies seem to be. Um, she was also in Power Rangers for a minute as Yellow Bear Power Ranger. And she had a brief role on Xena Warrior Princess and Hercules. Which hey, Tom's favorite. Tom's mentioned multiple times he loved those shows, right? I did. I loved. I loved Hercules, but Kevin Sorbo has gone off the deep end, y'all. <laughs> ben Lamb played Edward in the Divergent series. He was in the White Queen, um, and of course, Christmas Prince. Not a whole lot of other stuff to his name. Queen Helen is played by Alice Cridge. 
Um, she's, again, nothing really big of note, no big parts of note. She's been in some fairly decent movies like uh, some little film called Thor, The Dark World. Uh, she was in that. She yeah, was. she's one of the witches that works yep. on getting What's-Her-Face back up and running. Ear. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like my descriptive names for people? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she was a Borg queen in Star Trek with uh, Patrick Stewart. She yeah, was she in was. Silent Hill as Christabella. That freaky woman. I cannot look at her and not think of Silent Hill. I just can't. <laughs> still in this i know i said it in the first movie that persists into this one <laughs> her skin is so tight on her face that it scares me a little bit i just don't think she has a royal presence honestly yeah and uh the illustrious simon dutton known for the amazing movie a royal christmas <laughs> seriously no seriously when he walked into this movie i was like oh my god that's the guy from the other royal movie on hallmark <laughs> i'm so excited to see him i was like finally an actor with some gravitas comes in with some hallmark gravitas walking with some class to this netflix special <laughs> so i started enjoying before i watch some of these movies that i know are going to be epic like this one um reading the trivia and stuff and goose beforehand. And this movie was just, I mean, <laughs> it's so bad if you, and I noticed it after I read it, but if you look, the uh, palace guards are just are you, wearing Marine U S Marine dress blues. Are like, you serious? Yes. <laughs> Wait, so I have a guy, I have a question for you guys because I yeah. don't remember this first movie at all. So I have a question. <laughs> Was this Count Simon guy the antagonist of the first one? Yes. Yes. I don't. I don't remember his existence or that. Simon story. He was Simon in the first one is the one who um, who came out and announced that uh, Richard was adopted and could not be king. Right. Oh, that's right. So why does she trust him so much now? Well, Wait, I just, Simon. Simon, Simon. Simon's the young one, not the old one. Got it. Yeah, Simon is the one that's shacked up with that nasty, terrible, often awful woman. The younger woman who was originally connected with Richard. Yes. But at the end, they end up together. That's who he is. I actually quite liked him in this one. I like him a in good redeeming one, story. But I did, when he walked in and there was that dramatic moment where they all give him the evil eye, it was like a soap opera moment. You just expected the loud, like, piano beat or something. Like, yeah. I was like, who is this guy? Am I supposed to know who this is? And then, like, <laughs> uh, like literally, that's how memorable the first one was. I had no clue. The only one oh. character I really even remembered from the first one was uh, Little Princess. The sister. It's still sweet. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty rad. She's a good actress. It's it, She just hits herself to the wrong horse. Although, yeah. and I know we discussed this in the first one, she is his full sister, right? Yes. Because we talked about how old the queen is to be her mom, right? Yeah, and we were like, no. whoa. It's not his full sister. He's adopted. Okay, oh. but... <laughs> You literally just said that. We really don't be, remember the first movie. Anthony, he's it adopted. Was, but it would still be the queen's blood daughter, correct? Yes. 
Yes, okay. she's weird. a blood child. Yes. Her, her eggs. Her eggs lasted into advanced years. I. You know what? It, she had what would be called a geriatric pregnancy. You know what? She's royal. She probably had the best treatment ever. So I believe it. That's such a terrible term, geriatric pregnancy. It doesn't it become that like way too early to be considered thirty-five, maybe? Geriatric. Yeah, like yeah. something terrible. Yeah, geriatric yeah, yeah. pregnancy. <laughs> Sheesh. Um. Now that we've recapped roughly the first movie because we can't remember it. <laughs> We're back at this one. So this one opens with Amber getting ready to come back and she's bringing her dad to get ready for the wedding, right? The dad was my favorite character in this film. I thought he was- Yeah, I like the dad. You said that in the first one too. Different actor this time around though. It is a different actor. I do like that they called that out. Yep, That was funny. That they they actually owned it? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that they owned it. That's right. I um. I did like the opening sh- New York establishing shots at Christmas at the very beginning. And it's actually New York, right? Because this first movie is when they were trying to pass it off as. So I'm going to go on and do the quotes from that because I have them down. Um, when uh, Princess Emily meets Amber's dad, she says, he looks different from how he seemed in Amber's pictures. And uh, one of the first things he says is, I feel like a brand new person. <laughs> but that tells us I that, that, that i also feel like that's telling of this movie like this this movie knows what it is it's it's not meant to be taken seriously it's a it's a kitschy you know schmaltzy fun movie yeah when cast uh, war machine as don Cheadle in iron man 2 they made a reference to his changed appearance too that he had a similar line when he first showed up so it's <laughs> Serious movies, quote unquote, do that too. Serious movies, quote unquote. <laughs> Thank you for rehashing the quote unquote. They, <laughs> uh, when they get here, it is very apparent that her dad does not fit in at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Doesn't seem to bother him though. He. Uh, <laughs> I don't just. Know himself is it supposed to are we supposed to get the idea that it doesn't bother him or he just he doesn't notice i think both no i don't think it bothers him because he does notice he talks with his daughter so you're feeling a little uh like you don't fit in either they have that little heart to heart that's yeah 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 over a delicious looking sandwich whatever he made her from his diner yeah what's a chili dog i thought right Whatever it was, it was like before I ate dinner and I was looking at that. I was like, man, I could go for a sandwich with some chips. Okay, so is this a New York thing? Because like, when he sets down, he sets down a drink and he says something like something with sand. Did y'all hear that? It's wait, sand. It almost sounded like he said um, like decaf, but it wasn't decaf. Decaf was sand. It was like he was, and maybe I heard it wrong, but I'm like, is that a thing? that I just don't know about because it's a New York thing. And I put a pin in it to ask you. I didn't notice anything like... I've never noticed New Yorkers eating, drinking sand, but... I didn't, he didn't, obviously, didn't mean literally sand. 
But I mean, I didn't notice anything about that meal that would have been like New York specific, like that I couldn't get in Connecticut or New Jersey or anywhere else around here. Well, maybe one of our listeners heard it because I could not understand what he was saying. Well, now I'm going to go back and listen for it. No, I'm probably not. <laughs> so one, th- one thing I will say about this film, not to compare can we it. Differentiate, can we just differentiate and call like... <laughs> film and movie. Film movie. and movie. It's not a film. <laughs> but like, it is. is Netflix original film. But film carries like there, there's the prescriptive versus descriptive uh, definition. I'm not the one who labeled this a film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm saying we need to take we need to take ourselves and our role here a little more seriously and and try to give the title film some sort of. I I forgot that we had such a gravitas. We're gonna appear on all the reviews of these. Uh, I'm so I'm so not glad even that the we, first time that he's brought that up. It just bothers me when we call something like this a film. I'm like, oh. So what I will say about this Netflix original special is that. That makes it sound worse. <laughs> that much more fitting. <laughs> and not to compare it to the Hallmark B movies, uh, royal movies, but their royal staff not as likable as all of Hallmark's royal staffs tend to be. Boy, that's the truth. Like well, the, that, the, the car driver is really nice, but like that's well, it. Mrs. Averill is such a mean old witch. She's terrible. Oh, she's terrible. And I don't even remember her from the first one. I didn't remember any of the stuff. She was in the first one. I figured that. I she was like, good to see you. But like... It's just oh. as awful then too, though. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy making the wedding dress and all of it, he was terrible. Oh, and- really, like anybody would be allowed to talk to a soon-to-be queen that way, right? Right. 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 Yeah. No, I was just... Yeah. I think he had a lot to do with why I didn't like this movie as much as the first. Just an abundance of annoying characters, but also some sweet ones. So I liked the sister's relationship with the ogre, the kid that was the ogre. Yes. That was super cute, I thought. And he was adorable in like a, you know, what middle school kind of way. Um, and And I loved the scene with them besides the play when they're all in the kitchen baking cookies after. Yes, I like that too. That felt very Christmassy. That. Mm-hmm. And I liked the dad and the cook, the little who knows what's going to happen kind of thing, because the dad's just charming, you know? Charming. And. Although he was laying on that New York accent pretty like that. thick. That's how you sound to us, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> Hey, oh. <laughs> can, you, can you do that, Anthony, for us? Can you do it? <laughs> it has to come out naturally, Tom. It can't sound forced. <laughs> His did, and it, and it, well, I was going to say it worked, but it yeah, did. Yeah, it came out really not sounding natural. Unnaturally. That's why I said it has to come out naturally. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man, that's funny. You know, okay. You know, being in Texas and Oklahoma, we have something very similar. Except every time somebody, some movie's playing a trope of 
people from where we're from, they're always like country bumpkins. Like Kelly Pickler and Christmas at Graceland. Yeah. Uh, she's from Memphis. That's one example. Wow. That, that may have been legit. You know what was not Christmassy to me was this whole plot line with the strikes and the unions and everything like that. We've got a we've got a down economy. It affects everybody, y'all. Yeah, I know how it affects. Uh, how, how else are we going to build up these people getting you know this country getting having millions and millions of dollars stolen from it if we're not showing the? No, 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 no. Did you see how much was stolen at the end? Did you look at that figure? There's no way that country that small would even be worth that amount to steal from. He stole like billions of dollars. And I was thinking to myself, that country's not worth billions of dollars. That country's <laughs> small. How would you steal billions of dollars from any com- country and not have it noticed at some point? <laughs> and how can he be so bad at your job? The little eight-year-old hacker can figure it out. I, I, I did a... <laughs> I did appreciate yeah, still billions of dollars, but then a, a middle school kid is the one that catches you. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I did appreciate when Princess Emily was hacking that Netflix didn't want to have to pay the money to, sh- to create some kind of hacking screen. Because when Mrs. Averell walked in, the screen was completely like dark, but then she switches to social media and there is actually a page. Like, I was like, my God, like, put some effort into your background. Stuff. Yeah. Did you notice that too? <laughs> Obviously, y'all don't hack. Yes. That's very much how it works. If we didn't okay. even tell people about it. <laughs> Wait, so Tom, you hack? Does it work where you're literally just typing random keys and then slam your fists on the keyboard and you get <laughs> entered into the system? <laughs> you know, uh, that's how all these movies show people or they'll show like just random terminal screens flying through very quickly and uh no like in jurassic park i was thinking more than hackers anyway so fun job though above my pay grade yeah So this movie really focuses on Amber's, uh, you know. Insecurities. Insecurities. The fact that she has to adapt to royal protocol and uh, give up her privacy and give up some stuff that she took for granted in a regular life. And... um, very Princess Markle and stuff, but again, it was based on Harry and Markle loosely. But I don't feel sorry for her. I don't, okay. Can I say how ridiculous it was at the beginning when she was walking around New York getting bombarded by people everywhere she went and the royals didn't have a bodyguard or anybody for her? Well, and she's from some weird, obscure country yeah. that nobody knows about. Yeah, that too. Except everyone did hear about it because they were all taking photos with her. But nobody would care about a country that size. That's true. (laughs) Nobody cares about countries a lot bigger than that. (laughs) 
I will say the palace looked charming and magical, completely lit up for Christmas in the snow. It was like a place you wanted to visit. The music was great, even though it wasn't correct. Wasn't correct? No, they were like playing Tchaikovsky. And oh. they had a orchestra playing, but they had like a four-piece quartet there. There were like <laughs> trumpets and things in there it mixed in. I'm like, mm, nope. <laughs> when they were walking on the streets and trying to, well... Half the party was trying to do a bachelorette party, but she wanted to go to that pub and find the guy. The street was beautiful. The way the pub sign was outlined in garlands and lights, and even the inside of the pub was really festive and pretty, I thought. I mean, for a pub. You know what made me laugh since you just brought it up? The bachelorette party she kept trying to put off. I'm not mm-hmm. saying I expected a wild blowout with them, but the way they kept talking, bachelor party, bachelor party, we got to go out for your bachelor party. Then they just showed 10 seconds of them painting their toenails. I was like, oh, I, expect- <laughs> I don't know. I feel like in a, in a more high budget movie or something, they would have gone out, got accosted by the paparazzi, had some big thing that came from this party. Well, I don't, uh, I don't think that would have been a, I mean, like, I don't think the budget was probably the, the problem there. I just don't think it, they really had a, anywhere they were going with it. Because it was filmed in Romania, and that would be dirt cheap to do there, you know? Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, they had a really low... It just made me laugh, because they said for, like, 10 minutes leading up to it, what about your bachelor party? And then it was just painting nails. I was like, oh, okay. That's a letdown. <laughs> kind of like marriage. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm kidding. kidding. But a little funny. <laughs> we all laughed. <laughs> Not funny, but maybe you can answer this question for me because, again, I don't remember the first one. Was she supposed to be very good at archery in the first one? Uh, no. Remember, she shot a, an arrow that went through the window. Yeah, <laughs> she's terrible. So I guess it's like the fake it till you make it moment at the end. You know, he didn't know she was terrible. Well, I mean, she took off that statue's oh, freaking head. No, 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 no. She yeah. w- he, he would have known. Because he, he was there? No, the way she was holding the arrow, she would have, like, split her oh, fingers. Her fletching. Finger over it. Yeah. Was, was anybody expecting a ha-ha moment at the end where she's like, take him to the dungeons? Like, I expected, like, until the police arrive or something. But no. She yeah, me too. She locked the- that guy in the freaking dungeon. <laughs> 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 well, remember the dungeon was a an ongoing joke in the first one. No, we don't remember this. I remember we nothing. Just, we don't remember. I guess I remember more than y'all did. Princess uh, Emily and her joke you about like the. You like it a lot more than us too. They uh, they joked about the dungeon and and threatened to put the reporter who was uh, finding out information about her and the Princess Emily threatened to throw him in the dungeon. Okay, maybe I do remember. Maybe it was more memorable than I thought. <laughs> You liked the first one. You got on our when we rated a Christmas train higher. I did like it. It was better than a Christmas train. (laughs) (laughs) A Christmas train was terrible. Oh, Tom. Oh, Tom. But I I just, when I was watching it, I'm like, I don't really remember that much of this stuff. But as these things are coming up, I'm like, yeah, that was there. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. So Sarah was half watching this with me. 
and at the, and at the end where uh, she stands up and says it's going to be our wedding, we're going to do it our way, and then she wears uh, that wedding dress. She was like, "That's the dress she chose." And the oh, shoes. I thought the dress was pretty. I just expected something a little more. Uh... Yeah, what was it? What was the reference to the shoe? She's I sneakers. Think... That's her thing. Oh. Yeah, I think she was just showing who she, that she's still staying herself. Interesting. Although it's a really cheesy way to decide to do that. It's very Father of the Bride. Yeah. Father of the Bride did it better. I, it the only the thing I remembered from the first one, before they brought it up in this one again, was the fact that he rescued her from wolves in the forest in that Beauty and the Beast type sequence. Yes, Beauty and the Beast moment. Yep. Which again, I mean, probably not going to happen. Just going to throw it out there. Probably not. And not I mean, available. I don't know. I I, feel, I don't want to be all negative because I did like it a lot more than the first one. I, I it was very atmospheric to me. I found production wise, it looked very pretty. The movie, mm-hmm. yeah, it did. The kingdom, the the castle, all of that was fun. And like. I will say, compared to Hallmark, while I feel like Hallmark's royal movies are better, they did a good job of making it actually seem like they were in a different European country than Hallmark usually does. Yes. Hallmark just feels like they're in England every time. Yeah. (laughs) Or Canada. Or Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Any favorite quotes? I do not have any quotes, but I will say my favorite part was when Simon Dutton walked in. I was very excited to see that guy. Like, overly so. Like, to the point where I was like, why are you getting so excited this guy, about this guy? <laughs> but I was just happy to see him. <laughs> was, that, was that your cutie McCute face moment, Anthony? <laughs> it was. My British McBrit face. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if they were if they were really in the game and could have, they, it would have been funny if they would have, have made note that they had stolen him from like another kingdom or something. You know what I mean? Right? Like in my head canon, like he was, he left the other kingdom because the queen never married him like he wanted. And I've been watching too much Hallmark this past month, guys. Was that part of the storyline of that movie? They implied that the just two of them were. No, they imply the two of them were in love as children, but she didn't marry him because he was a commoner and she had protocol, which is why she eventually let her son marry a commoner because she didn't want his heart to break. Man, I missed all that. (laughs) I don't remember any of that, and I swear I've seen that movie in parts like 10 or 11 times. They they do play that one a lot, but I'm (laughs) complaining. Actually... My other favorite Hallmark movie is another royal one, just of Danica McKellar. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not the only part I like to, I mean, the only favorite part I can call out in this one besides all the atmosphere stuff. What about you okay. guys? <laughs> I like the New York part with, I like the New York part with her dad. <clears throat> I like the father-daughter moments she and her dad had where he was trying to, like, encourage her to, you know. 
that whole to thine own self be true stuff that he was I liked when he gave her the angel early with the picture of her mother inside of it. I thought that was a very sweet moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked the hanging greeting cards and how they sat around. That scene was neat. I mean, despite the fact that they get a card from somebody who's lost his job and it incites the whole, you know, her wanting to figure out what's going on. I liked the idea of sitting around reading Christmas cards, somebody playing the piano, big fire. That, that was lovely. It looked very nice. Yeah, that's Christmas at that's Christmas at House of Crow every year. Y'all sit around and read them too. Uh, we do when we get them in the mail. Yeah. Oh, that's we magical. Open, we, open, we open Christmas cards together. Like I don't just open them, or she, Christine doesn't just open them. Oh, it's like a thing, huh? Yeah. I'm trying to it's, think what else. I don't think, I mean, I think if we have to think this hard, it's not really worth mentioning. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Was that harsh? Am I I being too harsh? I I did really like the opening establishing shots of New York because New York is excited. Yeah, that's what I said too earlier. I I think it was was nice and it, it, it got the movie off on the right foot. And I liked how they showed the year progressing with her voiceover at the beginning. Like you saw her kind of have a place at Halloween and everything leading up to Christmas. I like mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Like I said, this movie was delightful in an atmospheric way, but the writing and acting just the, the biggest part, the biggest problem for me, I'm going to go back to it. The biggest problem for me is the lack of chemistry between the, the main love interests. Yes. 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 It's it's painful. It is painful. Now, was there a Linus moment in this film? Uh, no. There's a there's a definite like growing. You know that it's their marriage is gonna be a little better because he's realizing that he needs to you know have more, be more supportive of his wife, listen more what she's going through. But there's nothing Linusy about that. Agreed. Yep. Should we rank this sucker then? Yeah, let me pull up my rankings. You, either of you guys have the link. Yeah, here you go. Thanks, Ombre. <laughs> what did I give the first one? The first one, let's see. The Christmas Prince, I gave a four. That's what I gave and it Julie to. I gave it a four and I gave it a five. <laughs> oh, but now you're going to have to like, oh, you can't just rank it against itself, Anthony. I know. Ah, oh. the conundrum. Oh no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Sometimes you just look at these scores and you're like, what was I thinking? Oh my god. Oh well, no, that makes sense. Does it though, Anthony? Does it? Does it really? Oh, the Nine Lives of Christmas was on TV the other day. I caught that too. Yep. That movie would have higher if it had some. Yeah, exactly. Not enough atmosphere. <clears throat> too much cat. Too much cat. At least hmm. it didn't tell it from the cat's point of view, like the book. Yeah. Oh, that's gross. 
That's gross, though. Guys, you gave the star a one and a three. We've apologized for the star, okay? <laughs> okay I'm going to want to say for our for our uh, for our two year, we get to re we get to reevaluate that movie. I I think we should we can evaluate films on our list. But I think we should be able to we would have we have to be in agreement. That way we know it's fair and we're not just doing this willy nilly. Does it have to be an agreement? agreement on the films? Does it have to be an agreement, or can each one of us pick one? But then it's like moving up or down based on one person. I feel like if we can all agree a movie should be higher or lower, we can move it higher or lower if we can agree where to place it. Well, we need I to. Think well, I think we all agree the star got a bad rap. I would agree with that. I'm. I would I think, be. Willing to I think we up. all agree Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas got a bad rap. Oh crap. <laughs> I think it would be fun though. We all had to agree. It gives us little moments to like mini debate these movies again for an hour. All right, I'm gonna come in at a three as point seven five. A three point seven five? You put four point five in. I changed it. Okay. I'm gonna go with a three point one five. Anthony's coming in at a nine. No. Wait, I just have to double check something one more time. Are you are you choosing your score based on our scores and where you want it to appear? No, no. I just really wanted okay. to. Okay, I'm going to come in at. for where he ranked the hot ghost at Christmas. No, I was looking actually at the nine lives of Christmas where I ranked, where I ranked that. Okay. And... There are things around the nine lives of Christmas too. Okay, so I'm going to come in at five point two five. Ooh! Wow! So that brings it to a four point oh five, which puts it at number thirty eight on our list between How the Grinch Stole Christmas and between The Nutcracker and The Four Realms. Hmm. Wow, that seems high. And is that above the original? No, it's not. That does seem the, very high. The original came in at 36. Oh, it's like two below the original. That's funny. The original we gave a 4.33. This is 4.05. That, hmm, really that seems high, too. Came really close. Yes, it does seem high. For both of them. <laughs> <laughs> too many well, movies. Not enough numbers. <laughs> um, I think we have... Our first winner from our contest, right, y'all? So we did get two responses to our um, sweepstakes. Too big of a word, probably, but I've always wanted yeah, to announce I'm sweepstakes. Good with <laughs> <laughs> On the the first person to post pictures of a store near them that is starting to bring all the Christmas stuff out, and we're actually going to go ahead and give away two prizes since we had two fairly similar postings we had a twitter post from jl coacher too sorry if i butchered the name who posted christmas decorations up at a store near them as well as on reddit where to next april posted pictures also so you guys if you will go ahead and email us at elves at tisthepodcast.com with your mailing information i will get this super special stuff out to you quickly Awesome. And if you want to be in, sure to catch 
all of the latest news and giveaways and fun things that we have, including a very special opportunity to get some Tis the Podcast stuff coming up on our second anniversary show. Be sure to follow us on social media. We are on all the social medias. You can go to tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, or Patreon and find our profiles and get involved there. Be sure to let us know uh, you're listening. Reach out and say hi. We love to hear from you all. Uh, speaking of hearing from people, we had two really nice uh well, one was an email and one was a, a comment this week that we wanted to share from our great listeners. Julie, you want to kick that off? Yeah, so we heard from Mike in our inbox and he wrote us to say, um, hello, Santa's elves. I just wanted to send a quick thank you message for your holiday special extra episode. Um, I enjoy your episodes every week, but this episode truly made me laugh, put a smile on my face and lifted my spirits in what would have been yet another mundane and monotonous week for me. Keep up the great show. Sincerely, a fellow elf, Mike. Thank you so much, Mike. That made all of us feel so good. It did. It really did. And you know who else made us feel good was Art Kilmer, um, who wrote on Facebook also regarding our uh, uh, special bonus Christmas in July episode. He wrote, I'm listening to this episode right now. I love that you three got together to do something so special for all of us. I have a big smile on my face and felt all the Christmas feels as you sung many of my favorites. You are the best hosts. So thanks, Art. That makes... So nice. I was actually blown away by the amount of positive feedback we got regarding our Fourth in July, our Christmas in July episode. <laughs> um, not all of it was good, though. <laughs> no, we got one negative comment. Ask us not to sing next year, even though he's been with us since the beginning. Please don't sing in next year's episode. <laughs> if, if, we're, if we're going by majority rules, though. <laughs> well, I think we'll just, we'll just put a disclaimer at the beginning. Yes. Um, but seriously, guys, thank you for all the wonderful feedback because, you know, that's awesome. That's why we do what we do. It is. It was a lot of fun. Thank you all. All right. Stay ahead of the game, y'all. Uh, watch one of my favorite Christmas movies of all times, Joyous Noel. Beautiful, beautiful film. I highly recommend you watch that this week. And then following that, we're going to be watching Shazam. And Which with will be a, another debate as to whether or not it's a Christmas movie or a movie set at Christmas. It's Spoiler. Not. Spoiler alert. Have you seen it? No. I'm excited, yeah. though. Spoiler alert. If it's not, it will come closer than any of the other ones we've done so far. But it, will, it might actually be a debate this time, and we'll leave it at that. So, on that note, we have 3,408 hours left until Christmas. Only 142 days. Only 20 weeks. We are in the teens next week, guys. Oh my goodness. We only have to record 20 more episodes before Christmas. And then we get to start saying the podcast that keeps the Christmas spirit alive 366 days a year. <laughs> oh, you keep bringing that up, leap year, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> So do your homework, guys, and we shall speak to you next week.
Bye. Bye, all. Bye.